You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. Everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Daphne. And I'm Paik. And this is the Run for Your Lives podcast. This episode, we are talking about the American science fiction disaster film Geostorm, co written and directed by Dean Devlin, released October 20th, 2017. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Geostorm. Geostorm. I remember when this movie came out and I tried to get to the theater to see it and I talked myself out of it every time. <laughs> I vaguely remember this movie existing um like but i thought it was like earlier than 2017 like it's like one of those movies like oh i've maybe heard that name once somewhere in passing yeah so whenever you like put it on the dock and on this was like oh let's go this way and i was like i know absolutely nothing about this and what i'm getting into (laughs) so sometimes that's a good thing yeah it was I, i had never seen it i knew nothing getting into and then i did not spoiled but I just happened to, like, the way that I was watching it, like, they have, like, the <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes scores and stuff, like, right there <laughs> next to it. And so I hadn't even seen that until I was about to hit play. And then I was like, oh, yikes. What am I about? <laughs> what is she doing to me? What am I about to do? Is this going to be happening, part two? Um, I forgot. I so forgot. <laughs> and we were trying to come up with these movies that were uh, maybe not as intense as some of the others. Yeah. And... For some reason, I thought this was a good one to put on there. Yeah, I mean, I will say what I, th- I thought about it at some point, probably soon. Might as well get it out the way. But yeah, but I remember mean, looking at that and I was like, oh, people hated this movie. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> with the Rotten Tomato scores, it was like critic score was 16% and then like the fan score was 35. And I was like, oh, God, uh, this is rough. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit play and we're going to try to go in this without too many preconceived notions. But uh, we'll see. Um, no, but by the end, I won't tell you my ranking yet. You don't get that till the very end. But Of course not. But my overall thoughts on it was that, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure why it was so hated. Why it was rated so low. Um, was not amazing, by any means, but I didn't hate it. Like, I remember the, like, movie kind of wrapping up and getting to the end, and I was like, I didn't hate that. That was fun. Like, it's really how I felt. I was like, if I don't think about the, like, science and logic and stuff too much, like, it Which was fun. Which didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, that was that was fun. I enjoyed it. There was enough of, like, subverting expectations and, like, plot twist kind of stuff that I was like, you know what? I appreciate what they did. I did not hate it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm relieved about that. Yeah. <laughs> because after I finished watching it, all I could think is, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. <laughs> this is another happening. And he's going to be like, why did we do this? And I'm so glad that you didn't hate it because now I don't feel so bad about mm-hmm. picking it. Yeah. Like, there's definitely some gripes and I, I will get into those. Good. But... But no, overall, I enjoyed what it was. I it was worth watching. Uh, the bad CGI faces are bad, like oh, real bad. But you know, I'm a nitpicker on CGI for sure. Yes, anyway, we talked about so that. We like, talked about that. And it's mainly it was just the scenes like in space when they're like out, like when Jake is like out space walking or f- 
flying through debris and he, him and Ute are yelling at each other. And like, I was like, oh God, the CGI faces in these suits are <laughs> atrocious. But <laughs> Oh, yes. The CGI, I would have to give like a D minus. Mm. I wouldn't give it an F because there were a few things that were decent. Yeah. But the CGI was not my favorite. Most of it held up just fine for me, other than the faces in the suits. The that was the one bad. that really just like, oh. <laughs> it was nothing special, though. I mean, the day after tomorrow did it better, I yeah. feel like. That's exactly. Again, if I go into. <laughs> It's funny I knew you that you would go there. brought that up because one of my one of my notes I do I just like read notes exactly because you know the way I take my notes is it's all kind of stream of consciousness as I'm watching the movie yes. and then I compile them into where what topics they fit and so I just happened typing I said another climate change cautionary tale that has uh, you know it's like that you know that's it's not too bad um, I said the narration at the beginning said the first major catastrophic events happened in 2019 now that we're past that a little bit kind of removes you from the story but um. Okay. It doesn't. Not really, if you think about it. I mean, yeah. we're always now in the world talking about climate change, so it's, it's mm -hmm. definitely on the forefront. Yeah. But yeah, the last line in that notice, I have a feeling this will be no day after tomorrow. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, I one of the things I like about movies like this is watching things get destroyed. I, I know yeah. it's weird, <laughs> kind of, but... I know I'm not the only one that likes these type of movies because they like to see, you know, how the people behind the scenes make this happen. Like how they show the devastation and, and different things. There's always a different take on it depending on who the special effects house is. And believe me, there were a number of special effects houses that were involved with this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I want to point out that actually is in my production notes, but I feel like given what we've talked about so far, I really should, you know, just throw this out there. Um, this production as a whole was troubled from kind of the beginning. Filming began in 2014. Then it did real bad or real poor in front of test audiences. So the studio decided to bring in Jerry Bruckheimer. As an executive producer, he's known for doing these types of movies and this intense, you know, action films. They also brought in Leita uh, Caligridis, who had written the screenplay for Shutter Island, which was quite, you know, she wrote that screenplay. So it's quite a great film. Um, and British filmmaker and TV producer Danny Cannon came on board to direct the reshoots because Devlin was not available. And uh, Cannon's actually much more known for TV, like Gotham, Nikita, Alcatraz, most recently Pennyworth. And he did all three CSI TV shows. So, I mean, mm -hmm. he does a lot of pilot stuff, too. So he really knows or he has a vision behind what he's what he's doing. Yeah. But the reshoots cost the studio 15 million. And overall, they lost about 71 million. Oof. And I think. They were investing and in trying to fix things. And maybe they should have either scrapped it all together or started over. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, again, I said I didn't hate this movie that much. And I really didn't. Yeah. But, but yeah, I wouldn't want to see the version that was even worse than this. Cause no. Like, 
This one already had enough problems to be like riding the line for me in a lot of ways. So it was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. So I think that we should just probably jump in and start talking about some things. And I do have a few behind the scenes things that I can mention before we jump into our character analysis. All right. <laughs> so it was filmed in United Arab Emirates, Hong Kong, China, Spain. New Orleans, Louisiana, Moscow, Russia, and Mumbai, India. And as you'll learn later, some of those were just these specific things, like specific devastation that was connected in the movie when the satellite, or rather Dutch boy, decided to go crazy. Yeah. (laughs) It was the directorial debut for Dean Devlin, who is a former actor known for playing Milton in the 1985 film Real Genius, which some folks I know that listen to this podcast will be like, oh, really? And have to go look it up because (laughs) I had to go look it up when I read it because a few of us have been talking about Real Genius lately. It keeps (laughs) coming up over and over. And so I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. And then I went and looked and said, oh, yeah, Milton. Okay. (laughs) It was co-written by Paul Goyot. Does not have a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes, as Peg mentioned. The budget was $120 million. The box office draw was about $221.6 million. But as I mentioned, it lost the studio about $71.6 million. Mm. I think a lot of that was just additional investment in trying to fix something that wasn't working. Yeah. It is 109 minutes, although I felt like it went by, you know, it wasn't a slow movie. I felt like it it kept moving, which was great. I appreciated that. Yeah. And you know it's time for Paik to bring us one of his great synopses. (laughs) One of IMDb's great synopses. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yes, maybe I I should just start saying that. Now it's time for Paik to bring us one of IMDb's great synopses. I won't take credit (laughs) for it. I've written my own maybe twice. Um, Yes. When I couldn't find a good one. You do a great job when you write your own. Yeah. <laughs> you do. You do. All right. But the one that I found and liked this time was, when the network of satellites designed to control the global climate starts to attack Earth, it's a race against the clock for its creator to uncover the real threat before a worldwide geostorm wipes out everything and everyone. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Pretty well. No need to rewrite it because there it is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's why usually I can just find it's a pretty succinct to the point and covers it pretty well. I'm like, yeah, I like it. Copy and paste. (laughs) I wonder if anyone who actually writes these has listened to this podcast and and hears it and says, hey, wait a minute, I wrote that. But I don't think so. So I think we're good. (laughs) I think one of the things I wanted to make clear before we jump into the character analysis is... What a geostorm actually is. Geostorm is simultaneous catastrophic weather events triggered all over the globe. Once they pass the minimum threshold, the storms will start causing new storms till they all merge together. And so that's basically what a geostorm is. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be great to just throw that out there first. Yeah, cool. So we get a movie titled Geostorm in which a geostorm actually really doesn't happen. It starts to, but then they stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They did a good job trying to stop it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's not necessarily a complaint because what else are you gonna call it? That is well, yeah, I don't point. know. But yeah, but it's kind of like going into Twister and being like, oh, but the tornado stopped before it actually happened. <laughs> well, I mean, what could they call it, Pig? Uh, Gerard Butler saves the day again. Yeah, because <laughs> he he tends to and whatever right. he's in. Gerard Butler in space. In space. Uh, Gerard hey. Butler goes to Greenland. <laughs> Gerard Butler in space, I'd buy a ticket to that movie, so well, maybe that yeah. one would have worked for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which, speaking of Gerard Butler, we might as well jump in and Absolutely. start talking down, because that's kind of the first character that's in the list here that we have to talk about is Jake Lawson, which Gerard Butler. Always nice yeah. to see him. Because immediately I was like, oh yeah, because we did Greenland, so mm-hmm. he's seeing him in another... Like, disaster film here. Cool. I think I preferred him in Greenland. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Jake Lawson is going to make it on my end-of-season list of favorite Uh characters. Yeah, I saw something about, like, behind-the-scenes people were saying. And again, I don't know if you even... I haven't looked ahead on the doc to see what you have for production notes so sometimes i step on what you had in there without even knowing but doesn't matter i just won't re- i yeah, won't say it apparently again. even like gerard butler wasn't really feeling it most of this movie while filming it because like a lot of behind the scenes like people talking about like he just didn't seem to even know his lines most of the time and was just <laughs> rolling with it like oh okay whatever <laughs> like- <laughs> well given i just uh. rewatched it and finish it up today. Um, I'm not surprised because it does seem like a lot of ad-libbing. Yeah. <laughs> at times. But it was fun, Paik. As you said, yeah. it was fun. You didn't hate it. I'm just glad you didn't hate it. <laughs> yeah. it was. It was worth It was worth watching. It was a fun watch. And a lot of that is Gerard Butler. Because even when he's phoning it in, he's still fun to watch. And he's a great yeah. actor. He really and- is. <laughs> and in this role, he's... Like this satellite designer and former commander of the uh, station, mm-hmm. Dutch Boy, of Dutch Boy. He created mm-hmm. Dutch Boy. Like, he was really involved in the creation of Dutch Boy. We learn that he has a daughter. And then we learn that he's kind of this guy who keeps getting out of problems. And someone's always, like, rescuing him. And so he never really has to pay the price. For some I didn't of the really. He does. <laughs> I didn't really gather that from it, other than what my notes I was like. And now the government's threatening to take control of it away from him because they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I said like he's sort of, kind of abrasive, but not really. It's like everything that they were throwing at him, like, but you did this, and then he would come up with something. He's like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Anybody in their right mind would do what he did. <laughs> yeah true <laughs> i got the feeling that his brother has bailed him out a few times and her, his mm-hmm. brother even mentions later that you know he kind of went off the rails when his parents died and max his brother kind of was bailing him out so i yeah. just got the impression that maybe max just and others have continued to bail him out yeah which it also helped it make more sense for me whenever you kind of find out close to the end that like Oh, like all of this was like orchestrated anyway because they wanted the brothers kind of at each other's throat. So they're not going to get in the way of what's going on. It's going to look like, oh, well, they had their own family squabble going on. So, of course, that's why they let all this, this, this slip through the cracks. And that's why it happened. It's because they weren't on their A game. Yeah. And they'll be the scapegoats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was 
it was frustrating. I mean, I love the actor that played Max, who is Jake Lawson's brother. Jim mm-hmm. Sturgis was wonderful in a movie called Across the Universe, which is kind of like, so oh, much. full of Beatles music and mm-hmm. just, I think Jenna Malone is in it. It, It's just a wonderful film. Yes. And so I forgot he was in this until I looked at the cast list and I was like, okay, this is great. Jim Sturgis, you know, Gerard Butler, Abby Cornish. It's a lot of, I mean, it's a great cast. Ed Harris, yeah. Richard Schiff, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. Eddie Carr from The Lost World, mm-hmm. um, plays the senator, Senator Cross, who <laughs> Jake Lawson is kind of feuding with in the middle of the hearing. Yeah. Despite his brother sending him text messages, stop <laughs> is the first one. And then a whole bunch of stop signs <laughs> yeah. comes through. And I'm like, oh, Mm-hmm. You need to listen to him. But I, to me, it was a case of older brother, little brother, you know, trying. Yeah. Their relationship was interesting in this film because you get the impression that they've been estranged a little bit, or at least they haven't spent a lot of time together recently. Yeah. yeah. I love that you mentioned Ed Harris because that's one of my notes was I literally just typed Ed Harris, period. That's the note. <laughs> Just <laughs> And he didn't even his role, okay, he had an important role, but it wasn't like he had a lot of screen time. Yeah, no. He just kinda no. it was like he's there. And now he shows up to be really important and I actually really liked that. But Yeah. But yeah, I mean Ed Harris is gonna be like great in anything he does. I don't Whatever think I've he does. ever been yeah. disappointed in an Ed Harris performance. No. He's, he's awesome. <laughs> you need to check out an older film called Night Riders. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it. It's a George A. Romero film, and mm-hmm. he was in that. It was an earlier role for him, I think. And yeah, I really liked him in it. It was it was an interesting role. Cool. Yeah, I liked it. I'll look into that. <laughs> There's a lot of older movies that I haven't seen, so. <laughs> There's a lot of newer movies I haven't seen, so there's, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have as much time as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, oh, and you just had a birthday, so you're getting I even know. older. It won't stop. <laughs> I'm going to be sending all those text me- the stop sign emojis to my life in a minute. Just stop, <laughs> no, stop, no. stop going forward. <laughs> just let me chill where we're at for a minute. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way, Pig. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, uh, anyway, where were we at on, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about different stuff. But yeah, Jake Lawson, Gerard Butler, Scottish man in space. Um, no. <laughs> did you notice his accent was coming through at different times? Because I did. I only picked up on it like once or twice and it was real subtle, but it was yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was near the end. There were his last couple scenes and I was just kind of like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're from scotland i can tell i can yeah. hear that a little bit it's okay yeah it's totally fine. fine we'll we'll let you roll with it i do like he he tells duncan taylor that uh him and his brother were both born in the uk but then like raised in the states or whatever and it's funny that they throw that out there because him being a scottish actor and then yeah jim sturgis is also uh english yeah and so <laughs> the fact is like they, they really were two like uk actors in a way like yeah kind of that area like <laughs> that were then portraying like american americans yeah but uh robert sheehan wasn't he was portraying someone that was english very very british yeah um <laughs> it, was, it was great because i think that's just who he is he was good yes. just naturally being himself but i'm so used to him being that's you know 
Klaus? <laughs> My precious, wonderful, fantastic Klaus Hargreaves. So <laughs> I know. And I knew when I like put this on our list, I knew you were going to be happy because I know how much you appreciate Robert Sheehan and yes. his acting. So still, though, not a lot of scenes. For some reason, I thought, I don't know what I thought with this movie. I'm not sure. A lot of the major, like, players didn't really reveal themselves to be until, like, a twist somewhere in the end, and then they were gone. Like, that's kind of how it worked, which is... Very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like, the character I have the most notes about and, like, the most stuff is, like, like a side character that I was very... (laughs) But I will get into that in a little bit, because I went on quite a journey with that one. Oh, um, boy. A rabbit hole? Are we going down the rabbit hole? Not a rabbit hole, hole but just again? like, no, uh, just literally like while watching the movie, just a journey that I went on. My notes have an arc to them. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. But back to Jake Lawson again. Maybe we'll circle back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he ends up going back up to Dutch Boy as his brother has convinced him, but. Not really, you can tell. Like, he doesn't really need that much convincing once. No. Yeah, at first he seems like, no, but then it's like, the second that his brother's like, well, people are dying, he's like, okay, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. Uh- <laughs> but don't forget, his brother fired him. Yeah, that was... Three years prior. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Uh- <laughs> he fired him. Imagine being fired by your brother. Mm-hmm. He's Especially- off living in this trailer with his daughters and his daughter is visiting and his brother has to come get him to do something. But as you said, he wants to go back up. Yeah. Cause they have that, you know, kind of at the moment where you get the like sacrificial moment and he's talking to Max where he's like, I'm the one that sent you there. And he's like, no, I wanted to go. If I didn't want to go, I wouldn't have gone. (laughs) (laughs) And he loves, he loves Dutch boy. It's like his child. Oh yeah. I mean, really? That's the impression I get because when he does go back, He's so in tune. He's so in tune with with Dutch Boy. Like, oh, well, this is wrong and this needs to be replaced. And he's, you know, going on this. He's talking with Uta, who is the new commander or has been the commander for at least a year. Mm -hmm. He's talking with her and he's just going off on all these things that need to be fixed. As soon, you know, containment shell needs a fresh coat of sealant and... The Transformers this and all sorts of different things. Yeah. He's very connected to that. Because, yeah, I mean, we find out, like, not only has he been, like, operating it, but he did. He basically, like, created and built and, like, mm-hmm. led the team that put all of this together. So this is his life's work. Yeah. And he hasn't seen it for a few years. So mm-hmm. it's like getting reconnected. Yeah. So I like when he does go back up there and then... He kind of starts to put little like pieces together and realizing that all these issues and malfunctions and glitches that they're having are intentional. Like, mm-hmm. because like he's noticing like technology, like, you know, the, the booster in his suit is messed up <laughs> or like different mm-hmm. things. It was like, this has nothing to do. Like, you know, they, they bring in the satellite and it's not the satellite that's having issues. It's like the arm that's supposed to be transporting it is f- like flinging it around. Uh, <laughs> that was scary because any of them could have died at that time. Mm-hmm. And the reason he gets sent up there, one of the reasons is because someone did die. Yeah. In really weird circumstances. Yeah. Um, 
one of the technicians, Mahmoud, figured out kind of what was happening. Yeah. And, and just got blasted out a window. <laughs> like, Ugh. which doesn't happen. Like, his, even earlier, whenever he's talking to his daughter about that, he was like, well, it was an accident. I was like, no. No. That's, that doesn't happen accidentally Mm-mm. the way it did. Like, no. I don't. <laughs> it was so a very I, isolated incident where it was clear that was a targeted attack. <laughs> I feel like he goes into it thinking, okay, something really weird is going on and I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. I loved when Uta introduced him to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. They're all being kind of like, not insulting, but they're not super respectful. They think he's just some government guy that's come in to kind of watch over them or see what they're up to. Mm-hmm. And then once she actually says to him, says to them, yeah, this is Jake Lawson, their faces. Oh, yeah. The, the it was one, great. One guy, the, the Mexican <laughs> guy. I don't remember his Hernandez. Name, but, oh, I loved him. He was great. He's like after. Yeah, because he's been like shit talking. And then once he realizes it, he's like, so I'm getting fired, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he was great. I liked uh, him. He yeah. showed up a few times in the film at real cool, interesting moments. So mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. I thought yes. he, was, he was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But I do like Jake realizing that things are kind of being intentional and getting stuff. So when after he goes flying out with his terrible CGI face the first time <laughs> and then manages to, to save the drive and he has it. <laughs> and he, he trusts... Uta, so he lets her know, but then as soon as like the rest of the team comes in, specifically Duncan. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so the drive was lost. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like he just straight up lies to him. And he knows, like, even though he may not have been considering Duncan for the culprit at that time, but he wanted to keep that like circle of trust just between him and Uta because he was like, mm, yeah, somebody up you, here is involved. Some, yeah. And so the less people that know that we now can figure things out the better. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I liked that he did that. And she really, though, continued to trust her team so much, even though he was like, eh, no, someone's doing something. These yeah. aren't accidents. <laughs> <laughs> the arms don't just go crazy and, mm-hmm. and try to kill you. <laughs> right. One thing yeah. this movie did really well that at first I was like, oh God, everything's way too like predictable and this is dumb. And then I realized they like subverted a lot of stuff. And I was like, oh, never mind. Wow, they they got me. And again, that's the one that I went on a journey with that I'll talk about in a little bit. But another one was <laughs> um the French guy that was up there. Uh again, I did not take down a lot of the names oh, I should have. That was Doucette. Doucette. And like, they give you just that little second, and you're like, oh, he's the one that's involved, because he follows them down to the lockers and pulls a gun on them. But then it was because he thought that they were the ones, actually. Yeah. Which seems like a weird, like, your commander and the guy who built this place is now trying to destroy it. Like, mm, it's kind of branch to jump onto there, but, uh... Yeah. But okay. Um, but, yeah. But, I mean, at least he's, like, looking out for stuff. He should have been looking yeah. at people on his other side, but, uh... <laughs> yeah. He had the right idea. Yeah. Which is, someone must have seen that Mahmoud went in there, mm-hmm. because there were no cameras in there. So he figured, okay, then someone's going to come, find out that whatever Mahmoud had was not in his locker, and that he put it somewhere else. Yeah. 
and he was going to be able to catch him because, I, you know, maybe they were friends and he wanted to avenge him. I'm, I'm not yeah, really sure. Possible. I don't think there was a lot of character development in this film. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, except for the one journey, but no, even that one was part of the confusion and of the journey I went on was maybe really bad writing and maybe even acting in some cases, but I can't yeah. get there. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, not a lot of character development. It was just kind of very cut and dry. That's what I was saying. It was like, they just kind of moved through things. You're like, yeah, you guys can figure it out on your way through. Yeah. Here's um, some brothers. Here's some space people working on the space station. There's government involved. Yeah. Here you go. Pretty much. Yeah, which the government stuff, again, I'll get into that in a little while. But I, I did enjoy where they went with a lot of that. But uh, I think my favorite Jake Lawson kind of moment thing is him really taking charge once the Geostorm kind of stuff really was locked in, started happening. And he comes up with the idea to start launching the replacement satellites mm-hmm. into the malfunctioning ones to, to stop it. Of course, that, that gets so shut good. down to where they can't even do that pretty quickly. Yeah. But it was a great idea that worked, sort of, for in a little a few bit. Cases, in a yeah. few cases, it worked. It saved... One poor girl that was running in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> she was running away and she managed, I don't know where on earth she ended up, cowering in front of a door, but she managed to be safe. Yeah. Somehow she outran that, which n- never could have happened. But no, you know, not at all. Gotta have it. <laughs> yeah. No way. Not going to happen. But yeah. But he, he comes up with some great ideas. They did show kind of his brilliance. In that, but then especially when he really gets that message, that secret code to Max, which they hinted at a little bit whenever they're talking in front of his daughter, Hannah. It's like, we had our own secret language codes that we would use. And he was like, I don't remember mm-hmm. that. But then we see it come up as they would, from what I understand, I gathered, so they would set up like a phone number that they both mm-hmm. knew. It was like their dad's cell phone number. So if it started with like, oh, dad's cell phone, if they mentioned something like that, then it would be, okay, so here's the number. And then the code was then you take the words from that number and every like the ninth word the ninth word the fifth word the whatever that fit through there yeah so you would go that through was clever. And, then, and then you'd pull out those words from the sentence like the next thing he said and there would be like a code in there that was really cool i did think that i liked really cool. that i thought it was clever <laughs> it was definitely clever yeah you'd have to really like practice your like story to make sure that the words fall exactly where they're supposed yeah. to yeah i feel like you'd no have to ad-libbing. write it out or something yeah. and you'd have to like be <laughs> Yeah, like you said, no ad-libbing. You would just have to follow your script to it, mm-hmm. to the letter, to the word, yeah. to be able to pull that off. And then it helps that it's recorded. So I'm like, how did they do this as kids? Like, can you just remember everything he said that well? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it was a cool idea. Like, I think about it. I'm like, mm, I don't know how well that really works. But, but it was cool. But okay, <laughs> Again, yeah. If I distance myself from logic, it was cool. It uh, always works if you, if you, you know what, <laughs> suspend your disbelief and just exactly. go with it. Mm-hmm. It's much better that way, especially with this movie. Yeah. I think you have to. For sure. And then I don't have a lot of notes on him past that, like for the most of the middle of the movie, because then he's just kind of Gerard Butler in space. He really, <laughs> and. Yes. Yep. Until we get to the end. And then I was like, then it's where it gets, you know, a little, maybe I was just feeling a little cynical at the end for some reason, even though I'm also at the same time being like, I didn't hate this. But then somewhere at the end, I was just feeling cynical because I was just like, and classic self-sacrifice for humanity, 
cliche, but acceptable. Fine, I'll take it. Yep. And then we get to the, like, oh, the wrong code. Oh, just the wrong door, because Uta, Uta is still here. Sure. Like, she stayed behind. Mission accomplished with literally, like, a second left on the clock, because, you know, we need that tension. I but didn't feel s- any tension. Right. Though, and you? it's like, and then they still find a way to survive at the end. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't complain about that, because, I mean, it's a happy ending. Maybe I should be happy with happy endings, even if they're really cheesy. Like, I shouldn't have... I should be rooting for them to die because it's more realistic, but like also kind of like, Oh, of course they survive at the end. They found a way. <laughs> Look back at the wandering earth when yeah. the father sacrifices himself and does not survive. Exactly. And how impactful that was. Mm-hmm. But I felt a lot of tension with that film. I did not feel it with this one. Yeah. Did not feel <laughs> tension. I knew that everything was going to be okay. I did not worry about it. There are other movies that set a different tone. Greenland, which we brought up, set such a different tone. This was just not one of them that set a tone where you would be that worried. Yeah, certain. sometimes like a sacrifice is very impactful and necessary. And so when everybody of importance is going to be fine in the end, like it does take a little bit of the wind out of the sails for sure. It does. I mean, the only one who really died, let's think about it, was Max's poor friend Cheng, who figured out something was going on and gets pushed in front of a car. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's how we go with it. (laughs) Yeah. Poor (laughs) Cheng. I liked him for what we saw of him. Yeah. Wasn't my favorite character. My favorite character, she didn't have a lot of of time in the movie, but I I have to say she's probably my favorite character in the film anyway. But mm-hmm. I really liked her. I thought she was she was neat for the time she was on the screen. Who? Dana, she was okay. Max's friend, the cybersecurity. Yeah. I was like, you didn't, I didn't hear a name. So you're just like, my favorite character, she wasn't in it much, but she was cool. And I was like, yeah. Well, who, who? Wait, <laughs> no, yeah. yes, Dana. Dana. She was Zazzy, great. Zazzy Beats. I love her. She is fantastic. She's yeah. been so good, like in Deadpool. Yeah. And anything she's been in that I've seen, I just really like. And I forgot she was in this. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> oh, I wish she'd been on it more because right. it would have made it even better because she was great. I mean, she, she had a lot of, like, one-liners. Like, some of her dialogue was actually good yes. and fun. Yeah. And she Not helps her. Max start to put the pieces together after mm-hmm. Cheng dies. I was glad that it wasn't, like, super cliche, like, hacking mode. Like, she just kind of saw, like, oh, somebody messed with this. And that's the extent yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. Because I was like, if she plugs this in, she goes, and I'm hacking the system and blah, blah, blah. And here's <laughs> I was going to just turn it off and be like, we're not doing a podcast. <laughs> Fuck this movie. No. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, no. So I was glad they didn't go like super like cheesy, like hacker mode on that. Because yeah. I can't stand that. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> It's been done so many times mm-hmm. and so, in some cases, really well. Right. But not, no. I'm glad that yeah. they just, you know, she's like, I can't, I don't have clearance above this. Like, I can't, I can't yeah. do anything. She's like, clearly else. somebody is intentionally, like, causing problems and locking yes. people out. But that's all I can tell you. Good yeah. luck. Good uh, luck. Have fun. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, you know, the them surviving, like I said, like, it's cheesy. But it's a happy ending, and sure. Some people really have to have the happy ending. I know there's they people do. like that. So, You know you what would have been worse <laughs> is if he kissed, if Jake kissed Uta at the end. 
That would have been worse, <laughs> Peg. That yeah, would have just pushed yeah. it too far. And I'm just glad have. that it didn't go there, even though I felt like at times they wanted you to think that it was going to go there. I mm-hmm. was just relieved that it didn't, because I yeah. think that it just would have been too much. Yeah. It's like, it and, doesn't and Instead, always... we just get the little fishing bit at the end, which was actually really cute, and I did enjoy that. That was cute. That was funny. That was cute. <laughs> and like, his daughter, yep, I'm Hannah, bored. I'm done. His daughter, Hannah, is super smart. Like, she was... I liked the little actress that played her. I, I like she her a lot. Great. I do have a whole, like, like little section of notes on her that's not part of, like, our typical, like, character. But I had Excellent. To, yeah, because, yeah, Hannah's, like, the precocious genius child of the film, because you have to have one, of course, right? Always. She's, like, the narration at the opening of the film, which is really And cool. the closing, yeah. Yeah. It was great. But I, yeah, like you said, I liked the, the young actress. Uh, I have it in here. What was it? Uh, Talitha? Talitha? Bateman? Yeah, she was she was great. I think she for the little bit she was in the movie, she really stole it. Yes, because I especially you know the scene right before he leaves because I just have in here I was like this this poor girl. So like she's terrified that her father is going to be leaving forever, but she's also trying to like stay brave and put on this face for her own sake, but like also his. Yes, you know, and then the line where she breaks is because he's like, you know, I promise you I'll come back. He's like, yeah, you said that, but you're not the most reliable, and then she just like loses it. And oh yeah, oh it hit me so hard. I was like, man. And so I had to like kind of look into. I was like, who who is this this girl? Because I I really like her performance here. Like she's nailing it. And it turns out I have seen her in a few other things, and I just didn't remember because I guess it didn't stand <laughs> out. Like the roles that she's done in other things, like I don't remember those at all or barely do. Mainly, it's like uh you know fifth the fifth wave love Simon and. She had like a little small recurring role in the middle. And that's the only one that I even like vaguely remember the character. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, she was one of those kids. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, the fifth wave fits within our realm of podcastable yes, movies. So we'll revisit that one and then maybe mm-hmm. you'll remember her a little more. Yeah. Now, after seeing this, yeah. Um, <laughs> then I will probably <laughs> pick up, like, oh, there she is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll remember her just a bit more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last one I have in here, I was like, I feel like a 13 year old can't just order a lift for themselves. Like that doesn't seem like a good idea. But- no. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, they shouldn't be able to. <laughs> he should have done that for her. I loved the scenes between her and Gerard Butler. I thought that was one of the best parts of the movie was that. Yeah. scene where he's getting ready to leave. I felt something in that scene that yeah. I didn't feel in some of the other stuff. Yeah, nothing and else I really that. emotionally invested no. me at all except for that and it really was because of that little girl's acting. She was Yeah. incredible. Yeah. She was fantastic. Hopefully she goes on to do lots more. Mhm. And then that's all I have on Jake. All right. Let me see if there's anything else that I have. No, I don't. So I feel like we should move on to Brother Max, played by the amazing Jim Sturgis. And I also kind of lumped in Sarah, his fiance, who's a Secret Service agent, and their Uh forbidden love affair that they're having. Yeah. Yeah, because I I feel like most of your notes might go to Max, and then with mine, it's like, mine's all Sarah, and this is the character I was talking about earlier that I went on a journey with. I just don't know because I felt like I've got this movie all figured out and it took from it. And then I didn't. 
and it actually like helped. So I'll just kind of go through my notes and see like, you okay. know, you can go on that journey with me, at least the ones that okay. are about Sarah, which the first one isn't about that journey, but I just said she got dressed into her suit for work way too fast for any human to be able to do. Um, <laughs> Cause she was like in like a nightgown and then like, he's like on the phone and then he gets off the phone and looks around and she's like fully suited up. Like, yep, I got the call. Bye. Like, how did she do that? Because uh, she always wears the same clothes and she's not having to think. <laughs> she just grabs this, uh, you know, uh, she probably yeah. has 10 of the same jacket, 10 mm. of the same shirt and pants and boots. So it's like, yep. okay, just <laughs> grab it and put it on. For- she's the emotionless robot Steve Jobs of the Secret Service. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's it's very quick and easy for her. She just figures it out. Because yeah. a lot of time is usually spent at least by I'm a woman and this is how it is for me. Most of my prep time is trying to figure out, okay, what do I wear today? Uh She doesn't have that problem. She just picks up the same thing over and over. So it's very, I think it's a simplified life, I guess. (laughs) So I will just read out my Sarah notes that went on this journey. So you can go through the. So I'll just read up the way that I wrote them going through the movie the first time seeing it. Excellent. So here it goes. I don't trust Sarah. As soon as Dana asked if Max was still dating her, I feel like they're setting up that that she is getting info from him and working for the quote unquote bad guys. Next note. Yep. Sarah is definitely involved. I'm onto her. The guy that pushed Chang would know where he was because Sarah knew where they were going to be meeting him. And she was ready to call for help and pretend to try to stop the car to cover for herself. But she seemed way too calm. Like she was expecting it to happen. (laughs) <laughs> which I now tie that to like, maybe the actress just like really missed her cue. Um, anyway, <laughs> next one, Matt, Max, you are fucking up hardcore by telling Sarah what's happening. She's involved, bro. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Sarah flips and decides to help out way too easily. She's playing along. So she always knows what the Lawson's know. That's my theory, but I know I'm right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the answer to that now. And then the next one, subverting expectations, because I was fully convinced Sarah was in on it. So good job on that. <laughs> but angry Leave Schreiber looking Secret Service agent is now dead and has gone boom. Thanks. That's for yes. killing Chang. Um, <laughs> that is funny because I wrote something. <laughs> oh, I uh, think I went burn. I think I wrote burn, baby burn. Nice. Because he kind of blew up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I appreciate that. (laughs) Another, like, then they just, again, with, like, the sacrifice stuff and stuff, like, they, you know, showed their hand a little bit too much on stuff. Because then I have in here, like, Sarah literally said, really? Self-driving taxi? As Max pulled up with it earlier. So, of course, the second that the rocket launcher was pointed at it, I said, self-driving. I pay attention. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I I saw that coming a mile away. I saw it coming before they saw the taxi coming. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then I've, I've, so then I flipped completely on Sarah, realizing that the whole time I am so convinced and I am so proud of myself for figuring out that she was in on it and she was turning, she was going to turn on them <laughs> at the beginning of the movie to then realize, oh no, I was wrong. <laughs> Which then led me to like, why did I think that other than like her acting was just so weird? Like, <laughs> well, she's a secret service agent. So she's yeah. playing a secret service agent. So she's got to be really calm, really collected, can't yeah. really show any emotion of any kind so she has to be serious all the time mm-hmm. so that could be yeah but then we see a big change in her because then it was like well now she's really quite fond of saying fiance now and she's gonna do it every time she gets a chance yes she uh- is <laughs> 
And she does something in the car so that the pre- President Palma actually looks and says, Max, you need to marry her. Or you need to marry yeah. her or something like that. He tells, tells him, yeah. Because they weren't supposed to be together due to their jobs. Yeah. It was a secret. But yeah. So that was the journey that I went on with Sarah. Was oh, being my goodness. Fully convinced that I had her shit figured out to being like, oh, no. I was wrong completely. That makes me laugh because I didn't doubt her. Like, I didn't doubt her at all. And I waited. I had forgotten a few of the things that happened after they fired that rocket launcher. Mm -hmm. And then she's right there with a gun to Deckham's head. It's like, yep, okay, there you go. Badass. You just do it. (laughs) Yeah, but I was so... I was so proud of myself being like figuring out because you look at this like, <laughs> oh yeah, she's just going along with everything because she just wants to know what they know and she's actually on the inside job for them. Like I was yeah. so invested. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've got you figured out, Sarah. Don't you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, oh, I wish we had been watching it together so I could just like hear you saying that. <laughs> I would have loved it. It would have been yeah. amazing. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh I was God. so proud of myself, and I got it all wrong. Well, <laughs> well, not not all wrong because then again, with Deckham is when they're at the the convention, yes. And Max goes off, which I was still convinced that Sarah was also part of it. But then she really turned me on it at the convention. Whenever she like starts firing in the air to get the president out and help, and then I was like, okay, this would be the point where she would turn, and she didn't. So yeah, no, maybe I was wrong. But then I was like, but again, Max is telling people who are clearly involved. I didn't trust yes. Deckham from the first time, from the get-go either. And I was like, I bet that the president has no idea, and it was Deckham the whole time, right? And then Sarah's working for him? Maybe she's not involved. That would be the real twist, is that she's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> Peg, um, you went on a journey. I did. You went on a real <laughs> journey with this movie. <laughs> wow. Because there's so many, again, with watching this for the first time, these like notes yeah. and stream of, like, it's just... <laughs> I think- trying to figure things out. And it's so funny to look back at after seeing it. Cause I was just like, Oh, so now this is a political thing and they're covering up on the Dutch boy malfunctions, killing people that are figuring anything out. But if the president's behind this, then why would he target the city that he's in at the time of the convention? He Unless that wasn't planned. The details are real fuzzy. <laughs> I hope I can figure this out. And I was like, Oh, Deckham wanted the storm to be in Orlando. So it would take out the president and everyone in line for the presidency between Palma and himself. And so then I'm like, it's funny to look at my notes and be like, oh, I'm figuring things out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so confused, but if I just waited like 15 minutes, I would have got it. <laughs> I know, but I like that you went down. I like that you went down that stream of consciousness, <laughs> thinking that you figured it out. Because you can go back and look at that and be like, oh boy, did, was I wrong. <laughs> I missed that one. <laughs> but now Deckham, I didn't trust from the beginning and I had every yeah, like, no. reason to. I knew that because as soon as he was like... It's the president. He's behind. He's like, oh, no. I was like, don't. Max. No. You're way too trusting of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Uh, we learned. I mean, really, that's something that we learned in this. Yeah. Max is just going to throw anybody in with it. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, (laughs) here's what's going on. No, no, it's not. Um. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah. That's definitely Max. (laughs) I thought yeah, Max so- might bite it. And I was thinking, okay, if Max dies, okay, that's a serious thing. You know, mm-hmm. there were opportunities, I guess, in the film for things to happen that didn't happen. And so the, that's why I didn't feel any tension. Yeah. It's because it was like, oh, okay, there 
they're killing off people that we barely know. They're not really killing anyone, you know, that we've gotten attached to, which I really hadn't gotten attached to anyone except Hannah. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, and Dana, <laughs> once we met her. Um, yeah, I was more attached to the ones that, to characters who weren't even in it that long. Yeah. Than I was to the people. And I, you know, it wasn't, the cast of this movie was great. It's just, yeah. yeah. So they had such a stellar cast and they did like nothing with them. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then I had one note which maybe you can fix this for me. I don't know, but then again, when Max is talking to Deckham, and I said, "Wait, where did this Project Zeus thing come from? Did Max just make that up, or did I miss no. something?" Um, <laughs> Chang Chang's last words to or last word to mm-hmm. Max as he's dying was the word Zeus. Okay, and that so, was it. He just said Zeus. Zeus, yes. So Max, I missed that. That's still quite a jump to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know about this project Zeus thing, and yeah, it's all no. this. I was like, no. Maybe he's just fishing for that to see if something happens, but it didn't work because then he still trusted Deckham until he was digging with Dana on Project Zeus. That was one uh-huh. of the things he was digging on. Yeah, I figured I just missed something, but I was like, because like with those, I must have been like taking notes on something and missed him saying that, but. When he just pulled his, like, I know everything. Project Zeus. I was like, well, did you just pull that out of your ass? Like, what? Is- <laughs> That's what they're doing. And you didn't think, Peg, to go back and watch the whole thing again? <laughs> uh, nah. Nah. <laughs> so that makes sense. I was like, I figure I missed something. Because if Max was just like, Project Zeus, that's what we'll call it. And I'm on to you. Like, I know. <laughs> it was weird. Um <laughs> again this is a movie i think like many that we've covered that you just get the popcorn out and watch it and don't yeah, take exactly. it too seriously because you just mm-hmm. really don't know what you're gonna get yeah and no, uh... <laughs> what you get is not a deep it's not a deep movie Mm-mm. now max did have a fun moment i did like really like i would put it in i would have put it in quotes in my quotes except i don't know how punch is a quote but um, <laughs> but I did like you know the last one of the last things he says to Deckham says you know what my brother would say and then but, just decks him and I loved that. oh it was great <laughs> well you know Deckham's name is Deckham mm. so Deckham yeah Deckham <laughs> <laughs> that's what he'd say <laughs> oh gosh oh man but yeah I think I just ran fast through my notes with Max and Sarah because I was so excited to jump in there because my, <laughs> I wanted to take you on my journey. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You pretty much have covered Max in a nutshell. <laughs> I really don't think that there's anything more to say about Max. Nice. <laughs> I'm not sure there's much more to say about any of the characters, really. Yeah, no. Um, the only notes, I, I'll run through my character notes. I have a little bit maybe on the Dutch boy team, if I haven't already said all of them. So I will see, you know, I said, you know, Robert Sheen, I mentioned, I said, bye-bye space station guy. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then it was just a lot of me again, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So it's just like those little like thoughts. I was like, so is this like a glitch in the system or a purposeful override of the satellites? And then, <laughs> oh, so like all kinds of technologies just malfunctioning constantly. That's not a coincidence. So yeah. again, it's just me going on this journey, figuring out what's going on. A little too late. Um, (laughs) I was like, so somebody installed a virus into Dutch Boy to weaponize it and create a geostorm. Mm -hmm. But why? What motive works here? (laughs) 
I was like, it seems like it's all for control of Dutch Boy before it becomes international property. And the U.S. wants the power to stay only with them. But it wasn't even really just the U.S. It was like just Deckham and like guys that were with him, the Secretary of State, which is like, okay. <laughs> but then yeah. I was another one that they subverted me with was like, oh, Duncan was the bad guy on board who initiated the virus and was locking everybody out of stuff. I actually didn't expect that. Neither did I the first time. Jake was right to lie. Yeah, it was like Jake was right to lie about it. The drive to him earlier, I was like, (laughs) I didn't see that coming. I was like, okay, (laughs) I I figured he was like on the good side, just like the random nerdy English guy. But, but nope, he was the bad guy who did it all, and he was doing it for the money. Yes. uh, So out into space you go. Uh, Bye bye. Yep, Uh, that is exactly what I wrote. I wrote bye bye Duncan. Yeah. So really, yeah. I like it better when you say bye-bye. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I did find my note that was about the evil guy that was, I actually just, if he had a name, I didn't know it. The one that pushed Chang out into the road. It actually mm-hmm. says, the evil man goes bye-bye in a ball of fire. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like I said, yeah, I just called him what angry Lee Schreiber looking Secret Service dude. Um. Sometimes I think our names for these characters are better. Uh, right. <laughs> they don't have to go nameless. We will name them for you. Right. But yeah. Um let's see. I could just go through other notes. Uh let's see. Weather stuff and effects. I kind of have any of that, just like talk about some of the effects and stuff. Uh, the the freezing stuff was kind of cool. The first one we see is in Afghanistan. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, it's early enough in the movie, you're like, what's going on? The frozen village? Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And then we get the uh, Tokyo. Hailstorm. No. no, the was fire no, Hong Kong. was in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong was the first one. The Hong Kong. I was like, go, little smart car, go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think Cheng was going to make it out of that. No, it was crazy. But uh, that whole scene was actually one of my favorites in the movie. Yeah, me too. At first I was like, so there's just fire shooting from the ground for some yeah. reason. It took me a while. I was like, I, I'm going to need an explanation on that, which I got pretty soon. I was like, oh, it's the gas main explosions. But then, of course, it's because of like the overheating from Dutch Boy that like blows them. When at first the, yeah. they were trying to pass it off as just a malfunction in the gas mains themselves. Yeah. But um, I Wikipedia- really did find it. What we Go ahead. W- uh, Wikipedia called them fire natos, and I think that's uh, perfect. I like it. I've never yeah. heard that before. I thought that was great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so but Yeah, but the, the action driving sequence there with the, the little smart car, which hang there. great. I actually, it was really fun. I liked it yeah. a lot. And then when he gets to the bridge outside and then everything, all the windows just immediately fog over. Because the temperature, like, dropping back to normal so suddenly. And then when he opens the door and all the steam comes out, I thought that was a really cool that was effect cool. and a really sm- like like, smart thing to throw in there. I was like, okay, I really like that. That might have been something new. Mm-hmm. I liked it, too. I think I even wrote in my notes it was, like, my favorite, one of my favorite action, or the favorite action scene in the film. Oh, yeah. Other than I did like when the when the waves were coming in Rio de Janeiro. And they showed the wave frosting over. I thought yeah. that was cool. I don't think the quality of the effect was as great, but I liked fine. what they were doing. Yeah, yeah it I was fine. That was I cool. didn't have any problems with those effects. I actually thought the birds dropping from the sky and shattering on the ground was really oh, cool. Uh, like I thought that was interesting. But we get the ha- we get those um, the hailstorm in Tokyo after yeah, Hong the Kong. sedan size hail basically. Like, it was just. 
So big. Huge. And then the last one we get is kind of as they're driving away through the big old lightning storm, which is just blowing things yes. up, including the place that they were in to do the convention, which you saw what that was, which I kind of was just fun and nerded out for very specific reasons for me, because they were in Moxley Arena. <laughs> but that's a, if you, only those who know, know, and I won't go and, into it. <laughs> hey, you know that I know. Mm-hmm. I know. And I actually had to look up and see if that was a real place, and it's not. It's but, not, but I saw that too, and I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I'm like, <gasps> wow, that's cool. I'm like, it's obviously not real, but wow, that's nice. <laughs> yes. We got a couple of other things. Like, there were tornadoes in Mumbai with a little boy with his dog. Yeah. Which I was glad to see him reunited with his dog at the end, because you know me, I'm uh-huh. all about the animals. I still worry about that poor cat in Hong Kong that <laughs> wouldn't stay out of the refrigerator. Although that yeah. might have been a safer place for it inside that. I, I don't yeah. know. Um, we got a mega tsunami in Dubai, mm-hmm. which the business, I think there were businessmen that were on in a meeting and things. They ended up making it through, but it was real scary for a little mm-hmm. while. And then that instant heat wave in Moscow, where it's snowing, and the next second, everything just gets real, real hot. Yeah. Um, those are really like the effects slash weather type things that we saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just looking through my notes, and I literally, in that last little just burst of excitement, I just covered everything. So I'm Awesome. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring up one more thing that's in my notes uh, that we didn't. That we didn't talk about. We talked about Hernandez showing up mm-hmm. at, you know, random times sometimes. It was kind of funny when Uta and Jake escape in that satellite. And the ground sends one of the shuttles to pick them up. And it happens to be Hernandez's shuttle. Yeah. And so he sees them and he's waving. And <laughs> it's just like, okay, that was that was a cool thing. Yeah. Um, I liked that, connecting the dots, because I guess. he tells them, he says, thank the Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like I've got some production notes if we're ready for those. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I don't know why, but I just so excitedly just ran through all my notes. Like, oh, I have so many things to say <laughs> real fast for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we've already talked a little bit about this. This poor, troubled production that took several years to mm-hmm. to make. Um, Devlin, the director, has worked as a producer and a writer on several films, including Independence Day, which we will be covering sometime soon as potentially something around a holiday that's yeah. coming up in the summer. I'm pretty sure people could, if they took all the leaps and bounds, they might be able to decide like, or guess which holiday we would cover that I one on. I think that they could, yeah. It might take some real deep sleuthing, but I bet they can figure I it out. I bet they can figure it out. And we may <laughs> have a special guest coming on <laughs> for that one. Um, he also worked on the sequel. He worked on The Patriot. Eight-Legged Freaks, which we have already talked about, will be a future episode of Run For Your mm-hmm. Lives. It's on the list. And he also did 1998's Godzilla, which Mark will kill me if I don't say it's Godzilla in name only, because (laughs) 
fans are really split on that. I think the mm-hmm. diehards really feel it was in name only, so I had to mention that. He also directed the follow-up film Bad Samaritan, where he worked with Robert Sheehan once again, as well as the amazing David Tennant. Paik already mentioned that cast and crew members have reported <laughs> that Gerard Butler did not appear to know many of his lines. I think that makes sense, given <laughs> given his performance in this film. I, mean, I stole that one from you, too. You stole that one from me, too. <laughs> Again, because I don't look in advance. And so there's just like, <laughs> I do my own like little like looking at the end because I'm curious about things. And then this stuff isn't even in my notes. I just remember reading it and being like, oh, yeah, there's this thing. <laughs> yeah, so Pay took that one, too. Um, Sticky Studios released a game with the same name and premise, but it follows an alternative plot with three people gathering data on Earth to locate a rogue satellite. The game has received generally positive reviews, which is more than the movie. So Mm -hmm. good job, Sticky Studios. And in 2015, fan, digital artist and filmmaker, the imaginative hobbyist created a teaser logo and poster which has often been mistaken for the actual promotional material. Hmm. Kind of cool. I like digital artists. Like, I try to be a digital artist myself. And I just say try. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's all I have for production notes. All right, then it's time to get into some quotes. I don't have many. At Me all. either. I have three, <laughs> and you probably have the same three, or one or two of them. Um, or maybe not. Let me look at what you have. Actually, nope. We have separate ones completely. Excellent. So. All right. Well, at one point, Max is talking to Sarah while they're both at work, and of course, they're in a forbidden romance. And she looks at him and says, "You're interfering with my duties. I'd rather not shoot you." <laughs> takes her job very seriously, as we already talked about, because Peg thought she was on the side of the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Before Jake leaves for Dutch Boy, he has this conversation with Hannah, his daughter, which we talked about a little bit. He, she actually um, says something. She knows what's going on. And he just basically says, what have I told you about eavesdropping? And this is her response. You never told me anything about eavesdropping. You don't really do much parenting. <laughs> I almost added that one. But I, I'm glad <laughs> I love you did. That one. I like it. Love that one. And then when Jake is having the station evacuated, realizes Duncan is behind it all, they're having their conversation and talking about everything just being destroyed. Duncan says, Aren't you a bit curious to watch the world burn? Good line. It doesn't sound <laughs> as good without him saying it. Like, yeah. <laughs> with his English accent. so you Channel your, your best Robert Sheehan? Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in my uh. skill set, Pig. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> uh, dang. <laughs> All right, I only had two. But um, one is, again, kind of in that big, like, that major scene we get with Hannah. And uh, I loved it when, when her and her Uncle Max are talking. And she says, you're supposed to be, like, nine years old. And she responds with 13. And you were supposed to be a part of my life. But shit happens. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Which good. Was so good. So good. <laughs> just kind of puts him in his place. And I love how he's just like, hey, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got no response. No comeback. Yeah. No clever comeback for that one. <laughs> yeah. And then my other one that I loved, which you mentioned, but it was just so succinct, is yeah, after 
They're Sarah's incredible driving expertise, spinning them around and taking out the Secret Service guys that were chasing them. And President Palma just looks at Max and just says, marry her. That's it. Just the two words. Marry her. Um. Because she's awesome. Let's just say it. She's awesome. She takes her job very seriously. She is not a bad guy. Are you sure? I'm sure. I am sure she's not a bad guy. I put all the pieces together. Yes, she did. You did. But I think that um, you're missing a few pieces Uh. or it's the wrong puzzle. <laughs> hey, sometimes you have to cut some of the ends off uh, and glue different no, ones on to make them no, fit. And- <laughs> no. If you have to do that, then it really isn't meant to be. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's it. Just those two quotes. Uh, that's great. Which then brings us to the rankings part. Yes. Which will be interesting. yes it will it always is and since and you know where i'm going with this because well i have to since this was your first time viewing this movie of course you have to go first peak oh yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) no it's coming um it's funny enough is i didn't want to go too low and then i didn't want to go and so when i finally ranked it i was like i didn't hate it so i like pulled it up a little bit but then actually while we've been discussing it i went oh no Slid it back down because, like, oh no, some of this stuff, like, mm, ah. okay. but oh, this happens sometimes when we're talking about movies, <laughs> except Turkey. You either, yeah, you like things more, or you realize that maybe I was a little too yeah. high on it. But, uh, but no, <laughs> I, I think where I landed on it is still not a bad score at all. Okay, you know how I am about like, you gotta do pretty bad to even go under a seven. I and know. So, I don't think this movie deserved that, but it's close. So, no, uh, <laughs> 7.3 is where I landed Ooh, on it. That is great. Mm-hmm. That is great that you came in at a 7.3. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm trying it's... to read between the lines of what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Given that you thought Sarah was a bad guy, maybe you shouldn't try to be a detective. <laughs> Um, or you should try again. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so I enjoyed this movie so much more the first time I watched it. For me, the second time, it was almost kind of like the happening. Yeah. In some ways. So I actually came in at a seven. All right. Like seven. I would much rather watch seven. this movie again than the happening. Though. Yes. So. Which is why this is getting a seven. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't take it to the happening world. Mm-hmm. I can't. I think the only way I'm going to watch the happening again is if I watch the Rift Tracks version, which I need to. Oh, it's yes, still on my list. <laughs> that it, it's on my list as well because I'm dying to hear exactly yes. what they have to say, especially <laughs> when Mark Wahlberg is talking to plants. I yeah, uh, I yeah. feel like that scene in, in particular. I've got to see. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ooh. It's that time again. There's the feedback phone. We have to see. Have to say. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to finding out. So let's go. All right. We've got a little bit of feedback this week. Uh, the first one, little message here, comes from our friend Greg. And all he has to say is, Geostorm! And I love that's it. That's about it. Good job. Yeah, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. 
Thank mm. you for that. I'll take it. <laughs> Sums it up. <laughs> it does. I mean, really, if you think uh-huh. about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely what movie we covered. <laughs> it, you know what? It is. Yeah. Strangely enough, it is the movie <laughs> that we covered. It is. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, we do have one voicemail feedback as well. Let's get to some live steving this week. It's here. It's ready to rock. All right. What's he got to say? Hey, Pake and Daphne, this is Steve, and this is for Geostorm. I think I've seen this before. Like, I might have even seen it in the theater. I don't remember. Uh, but I, I read a little bit of the description, and Listen it sounds to familiar birds. to me. So uh, <laughs> here we go. Oh, how cute. They named it Dutch Boy. Oh, zap, zap. That <laughs> guy was hilarious. I don't know. I just started watching it. But they think they control, can control Jake. Because isn't that what Andy Garcia just said? We're going to send some other that we can control. Hey, that appears to be a clean-shaven Klaus from the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yeah, yes. I think so. <laughs> That's my kind of guy. Happy hour starts around 11 here. <laughs> the building just fell on the guy in that SUV who was honking at him. There's no way this little car is getting out of the city, right? There's, I mean, I'm sorry, there's no way this guy survives. Okay, I guess he made it. Seriously, they're <laughs> For now. spending all this money to send yeah. one guy? Like, there's nobody even else going up there along with him? Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's pilot and stuff, but, like, it's empty. This whole bay where all the seats are is just empty. Okay, he just said the title of the film, like, twice. Eh, you'll be reporting to your brother anyway. <laughs> Zeus. Hmm. Like the character from Die Hard with a Vengeance, Zeus? <laughs> Probably Secret more like the Barbie. god. He still <laughs> has his dad's phone number from however many years ago. But, okay. <laughs> you and I, nobody likes the grammar police. So the president is the bad guy. Hmm. That was kind of a cool effect with the, the wave freezing as it uh, crested. That was kind of cool. Wouldn't both satellites be damaged? I mean, don't they still need it to control the weather? I'm not, I guess I'm not understanding this plan. <laughs> oh, Klaus. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, you're a skinny British guy against Gerard Butler. Really? Okay, I don't know much about stadiums, but I'm not sure lightning can make a stadium explode. Okay, she's a great driver. She's a good shot. Uh, and she's a Secret Service agent, and she looks like Barbie. I'm in. It's self-driving. <laughs> They're not in that car. <laughs> hey, you know, it worked for Sandra Bullock in that Gravity movie. They can do it too, right? Fall to Earth in a satellite? All right. Well, that was Geostorm. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Thanks so much, Steve. That was a great one. <laughs> it was. We always appreciate your feedback, Steve. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, that is all we have this week for feedback. But of course, we would always love to hear from you listeners. So if you want to leave us any feedback for what we cover next week, or even for Geostorm here, or any other movie we've covered in the past, or something you want us to cover... There's a lot of ways you can get your feedback to us. So you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash runforyourlivespodcast. You can email us or send us your voicemails at runforyourlivespodcast at gmail.com. 
We are on Twitter at RFYL Podcast or Instagram at Run for Your Lives Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to share the love, tell your friends, or just give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us a lot as well. And you can always go to or send anyone to runforyourlivespodcast.com where you can find links to all of our social media and all of our podcast players. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, Stitcher, YouTube, everywhere. We're there. Find us, listen, watch, rate, review, love. (laughs) Yes, please do all of the above. (laughs) Just take a minute out of your day and show us a little bit of love on social Mm -hmm. media or by just listening to our podcast and leaving us a review. It's that simple. Very easy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Give a couple shout outs to things going on in the podcast universe around us. Of course, Strange Indeed, my other podcast is back hopefully we'll have an episode up this week no pressure Rima. but <laughs> but we are back we are covering apple tv's original Lisey story adapted from stephen king and the first two episodes are out we have recorded on them and hopefully they will be up either today or very soon this weekend so definitely you know if you follow a strange indeed keep an eye out keep it building it might be up now or it will be soon so definitely check that out And then the Walking Dead cast, our good friend Jason is over there with our friends Mark and Greg talking about episode 15 of this season of Fear the Walking Dead. TV podcast industries, our good friend Derek and his co-hosts there are covering The Bad Batch still on Disney Plus and also on Disney Plus, brand new this week, Loki. It is out and they have released their episode talking about episode one of Loki, which by the way, incredible. So good. I'm just, I'm loving the Disney plus Marvel shows so much. And this one is no exception. No, I haven't seen it yet. I've got to. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love Tom Hiddleston. So this is a must. Got to check yes. it out. Got to catch up. And then our friend Damien has his podcast, watched it in the 80s podcast. And the next episode there is Caddyshack. So if you're a big fan of Caddyshack, which who is it? Go check that <laughs> out. It's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then lastly, our friend Ben has launched his podcast, Wilhelm, and the second episode is up today, where him and Jerry are talking about their top favorite car chase movies. I know. I can't wait. I feel like Jerry's been bit by the podcasting bug now, (laughs) and I love that we get to hear him on a bunch of different podcasts, so I'm excited to hear what he and Ben chose as their top car chase movies. Yeah. And then if people want to hear you elsewhere as well, Daphne, where can they tune in? Well, uh, this week and next week, because we're winding down at House Podcastica, our coverage of The Handmaid's Tale, our episode covering season four, episode nine, Progress, will be out sometime this weekend or maybe even tomorrow, which would be cool. Uh, this week, we had, Wendy and I had Rima on with us, Rima from Strange Indeed. Uh, so it was really fun to get to break down the episode with her. She had a lot of insight, and it was cool to kind of catch up with what her thoughts are on some of the things that have been happening this season. So we only have one episode left, which is the finale next week, and it's gone so <laughs> <It's> fast. <crazy. laughs> I've had such a great time over there. It's been different covering a TV show versus movies. 
but I've enjoyed it a lot. So I'm yeah, grateful for fun. the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been so good. I've been listening and you guys are killing it over there. It's oh, been thank a you. lot of fun to listen to. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to hear you and Rima talk about Lisey's story. And I yeah. know I've said it before. I, I read the book and I'm actually rereading the book now because I kind of want to have it a, a little more fresh in my mind as the show goes mm-hmm. on. Cool. And then you can give us all your feedback where you can let us know how the show is going <laughs> according to the, the book, because me and Rima have both not read that. So you have not. <laughs> We're just going into the show. <laughs> I will definitely do that. I kind of already am pretty happy with the way the show is going. So cool. We'll see what happens next. <laughs> all right. And then next week, right here on Run for Your Lives, what do we got going on? Okay. So next week, we get a little more serious. Actually, we get a lot more serious. Our episode next week is covering the 2012 English language Spanish disaster film, The Impossible. A holiday celebration turns into a fight for survival for a family of five as they navigate the aftermath of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. This film is based on real life events and experiences of the Ballon family when they visited Thailand for the Christmas holiday. Maria Ballon participated heavily in the retelling of her family's story, and director J.A. Bayana was committed to bringing it to life as accurately as possible. Plus, we are introduced to a young Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man, in his first feature film role. Yay. Yeah, it is. Um, It's a great one. It's a it's a heavy one. It's a rough one, but it is a great one. For sure. It really is. This was a different film for us to cover. I mean, we've covered lots of different types of movies, but this one, I feel like it was the first one that we've done that's based on a true story. Yeah. Like to this level. And I mean, Tremors wasn't based on a true story? No, no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's I right. don't that know. was Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my heart. Today, actually, when we're recording this, we are one year out from Dominion. Like, it's been Uh, all over Facebook, and I'm just, ugh, I don't even know what to do. Like, I'm just so excited. Really? Now? (laughs) Yes, it was supposed to be out right now, but okay, I'll try to be patient. I mean, after all, we do have two Jurassic World movies plus Camp Cretaceous seasons one, two, and three now to cover on this podcast. So yeah, we got some Jurassic Park stuff to bite our time. We definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, guys, we have reached the end of another fun episode. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Pake. And if you have to run... From a hacked satellite named Dutch Boy that's annihilating the Earth one fire NATO deep freeze or mega tsunami at a time. You better run for your lives. Bye bye. <laughs>